Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in once again to the place where sports opinions collide. Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about Michael Sam, a college football player who just admitted to the world that he's gay and is now looking to become the first openly gay NFL player. We're also going to talk about Marcus Smart, the college basketball player who shoved a fan in the stands and was suspended for it and the fallout behind it. We're also going to get in some All-Star Game talk as the NBA celebrates this All-Star Game this coming weekend. We're definitely going to get in some Major League Baseball talk as well as college basketball talk. Of course, I'm going to be joined by my boys. You know the fellas from Dead End Hip Hop, Ken, B, and FIFO. So make sure that you pass the word. Dead End Sports, right here, right now. Let's go. in once again it is tuesday night 9 p.m eastern standard time that could only mean one thing it is time for the best sports show on the internet right now that's right the place where sports opinions collide dead end sports i'm your host 12 kyle the phone number to call in area code 646-478-0356 again 646-478-0356 this is an interactive show we ask that you not just listen to the show, be a part of the show, participate in tonight's discussion. A couple of ways you can do that. You can log into the chat room. <clears throat> the chat room is always open and interactive. Just create a profile for yourself and participate in tonight's discussion. Uh, you can also hit us up. Uh, the show has its own Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com backslash dead end sports. Uh, you can also follow the show on Twitter at dead end sports. Make sure that you check out our website also. DeadEndSports.com. Remember, this show is being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night. So in the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at BlogTalkRadio.com backslash DeadEndSports. You can also check it out on Stitcher as well. If you have an Android or iPhone, uh, just go to your application store on your uh, phone, download the Stitcher application for free, search Dead End Sports. And listen at your leisure, whether or not you're on the home or you're at home or on the go. Hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. As I mentioned before, I am your host twelve Kyle, and of course I'm going to bring in my boys. You know them from Dead End Hip Hop. Let's bring on Ken, B, and FIFO. Fellas, what's happening? What's going on? What up? What up? What up? Hey, what's good, man? Man, just oh, a lot of FIFO. lot of stuff happening in sports, man. We got to we got a lot to cover tonight, man. We're definitely looking forward to getting to it. Uh, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Um, man, I, you, you know what? Before I get started, I, I think sometimes people think just because the NFL season ends, you know, and we're, we're all big NFL football guys, you know, they think because the NFL season ends that you won't have anything to talk about. Um, <laughs> that's wrong because <laughs> we had a lot to talk about. Uh, this week right here um, As I mentioned in the intro man um, Michael Sam uh, Let's start there in college football Michael Sam 
uh, All-American defensive end from Missouri. Uh, He was voted Defensive Player of the Year, co-defensive player of the year in the SEC. The almighty SEC uh, decided to come out and tell the world that he was gay. Um, And this kind of sent shockwaves through the sports world because there had never been any uh, current player, uh, either in college or pros, um, that had admitted that they were gay. Uh, but Michael Sam decided to speak with ESPN, uh, the New York Times, and uh, Out Magazine, and tell the world that he was gay. Um, so I'll start with you, B. Uh, what were your thoughts on him admitting to that he was gay and wanted to be in the NFL? Um, I mean, truthfully, it's, it's really – I mean, it's, it's a big deal because he's doing it right before the draft. And, you know, I mean, it's a bold move. And, you know, shout out to – with Jason Collins for making that, for making that, for making that, uh, being the anchor of that. But, you know, him announcing that, I mean, you know, it's going to create a circus no matter how the media flips it or how the, how the fans flip it. It, it. Whoever, whoever, whoever drafts him, whoever decides to draft him in an NFL draft, it's going to be a circus. Uh, I mean, it's, look, look how much of a circus it is right now, you know, with him right. announcing it. And, like, we've been, they've been talking about it as well for the past, like, four days now. So it's like, it's going to be a circus. Now, rather by him, if I'm like a teammate, you know, or if I'm a football player that might end up being a teammate, I don't care. I don't care what this man's personal life is. I mean, if he's out there, let's not forget, this dude is the defensive player of the year in the SEC, not the MAC, not the WAC. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, that got to stand for something. You know what I mean? The the, the guy can get after the quarterback. Now, that's the college level. I'm not saying he's going to go into the NFL and dominate, but – you got to at least take that consideration saying, hey, you know what? This guy can probably help us in some, you know, situational uh, possessions. You know, let us go get him. And, and granted, let's not forget, if I got somebody, you know, Michael, I'm, I'm going in the bullet situation. You got Dennis Rodman walking around wearing wedding dress. But you know what? When you, when you come on that basketball court in that 94 by 50 feet, you guess what? Dennis Rodman gonna play like he's the best defensive player on the team, and you know what? I want that. I don't care if you want to wear red dresses and, and, and have sex with animals or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? You out there, look, you out there, you out there, you out there playing like you're the best defensive player of the, you know, in the NBA. I want you on my team. I don't care. So with that being said, with with with, with uh, man's coming out, Sam coming out, you know, admitting that, you know, yeah, kudos for him. Will there be some friction? You know, you're going to have some closed-minded NFL players that's going to be like, oh, man, I don't know, man. He's going to look at me the wrong way, and I'm going to think he want my ass, something like that. But you're going to have those – but seriously, you're going to have those mature – Yeah, you're right. Mature, I'm, I'm laughing at the way you said yeah. it. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you're going to have those mature, you know, adults like, you know, such as ourselves that's going to be like, look, if you can I'm, – I'm judging based off your performance on the field. I don't care what you do personally. I, I mean, what, I'm, I look at it like this: what you eat don't make me shit. So you know, if you right. want to, if you want to, if you want to like me, hell, good. That's more women for me. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Uh, what's your take on it, man? What's your thoughts on uh, on uh, Michael Sam coming out and just admitting to the world that he was gay and, and he wants to be? He actually wants to be the first uh, NFL player uh, that, that's openly gay. Well, what's your take on it, FIFO? Um, that I. My take is this. I'm glad we only do one show a week because this is not something I want to talk about for a whole damn week because it doesn't need to be talked about a whole damn week. 
Because at the end of the day, he's a football player, and that's what he is. That's what I see him as. That's how his teammates in college saw him as. And that's it. Like, it doesn't, like B was saying, man, and I, and I think this is, I'm getting frustrated because all we're going to do is beat a dead drum. Like, and I know it's supposed to be horse. I said drum on purpose. But because it, it's going to be pounding, and, and I don't know how long the media is going to keep pounding this out, but really, it doesn't need to be a story. It really doesn't need to be a story. It's going to be. But, but here's the thing, though. I think that because of what he did, certain teams know they can't draft him now. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because if you don't have – if your organization ain't straight, you, you, can't, you can't draft uh, – because you're right It's going to be a media circus They're not going to be able to control it The locker room could probably spiral out of control But if you if he winds up going to the Patriots You already know You already right. know Ain't going to be no problem Ain't going to be no need Belichick ain't saying shit What, what was he going to say? And there's certain coaches You know obviously Belichick is the top of the food chain When it comes to that But there's other coaches that You know they'll just dispel that man Like yo it's nothing You know like if he Like if he goes to Baltimore like, do you think really balls? Come on, man. Those are those are champs. They know how to conduct the locker room. And at the end of the day, you don't have to like everybody. I just have to. I just have to trust you as a teammate. Do your job. Right. I'm gonna do my job. Right. And that's all right. it is. Is work. You come in here. You know your read. You know where you need to be. You get paid mm-hmm. for this shit. I get paid for this shit. If you go here, I got your back, and that's all it is. You better hit somebody, and that's it. Exactly. Exactly. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? What's your take on it, Michael Sam? I would, um, I would draft him, and and mainly because uh, there there will be a, he will bring a lot of attention to your football team, a lot of media coverage. It will be a distraction. But my God, man, can you imagine the increase in revenue you will receive just by being the first NFL team to have? an openly gay player and being progressive enough to go out on the go out and draft this guy. You know what I'm saying? Like imagine the possible additional uh fans that could come watch you your team play because you got this guy. You know, just just by you know, just just by uh de- just by default, man. They just wanna come and support. Like to be that open and to be that progressive, I can see a lot of extra people coming to the show that didn't mm-hmm. watch football before. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And as far as, as, as him, like B said, you're talking about the, the defensive player of the year for the SEC. If 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 I'm on a team, I would definitely draft a guy because, you know, if there's anybody on the team that's trying to get to the quarterback, it's him. Exactly. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it's him. So he's gonna do everything he can to make sure he get that job done. I think his uh his timing is perfect. Mm-hmm. Get it out the way. Um, let's not deal with what could come afterwards at mm-hmm. when or if it ever leaks. And let's just go ahead and put it out there. Let's let's challenge the NFL. Let's challenge the teams. Let's challenge players. We are we are in 2014. Right. Most of these guys are 20 something years old. There's some 30 year old people who grew up in this era. So a lot of the people that 
are, like B said, yeah, there will and are some knuckleheads in the NFL, but guess mm-hmm. what? It's not always, it's not just about gay players. It's not just about, it's about black players. It's about players of a certain religion. It's about players of a certain uh, political affiliation. So all of this exists in the NFL and in those locker rooms. But the only thing that matters is what happens on that court and, and, and on the field when you guys get on the field and you guys go play football as a team. And mm-hmm. that's what they have to do. Everybody has to band together as a team. And it takes somebody like a Belichick, like people said, somebody that's strong at the top or somebody in the Baltimore organization that won't pull up with that nonsense. It's going to take somebody that's strong, man, strong from the top down in order to, to, to make sure that this guy comes in and he do what needs and that they will treat him fairly. And um, mm-hmm. But I think it's great, man. I, I think it's, it's about time, and I think it's, it's sad that it's taken this long for it to happen. Yo, Ken, let me throw a statistic out there real quick. Yo, I, I was watching ESPN, and just Saturday said something. He was drafted back in 94, and he said that, you know how they have these rookie symposiums and all of these you know, type of things to, to, to transition these college players to becoming professionals. And um, back in 94, it was said that one in ten men were gay. So he was like, mm-hmm. you know, on a football team, that's anywhere, you know, that's like three to four people. So you've played with them, against them. You've been around gay NFL players. You've been around it. You know, 94, this is 2014, man. That's 20 years later. Right, you but know, it, it wasn't as it wasn't as open back then as it is now. It wasn't. It wasn't, yeah. and and it and it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Can you ball? I don't give a shit. Right, what right, does right. It matter. Let's be honest. What does it matter, man? Like, come on, come on. Can he ball? Can he ball? If that if he can ball and he's earning his paycheck, he's an athlete at the end of the day. Right. And I, I think I think everybody made some great points, man. I, I think one of the things that kind of gets lost in in what you know in him coming out is that he's not just you know the third team punter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, like right. he said, this guy was the co SEC uh, defensive player of the year, and, and we by by and large we have all agreed that the SEC is the power conference in college football. You don't get to be the the defensive player of the year just by being you know chopped liver, so the dude can play and you know I I I, I'm, I I agree with everybody I could care less what he does in his personal life um, I think what's been amazing to me is not so much backlash because there really hasn't been a lot of backlash but you, you know as close as, as as it comes closer to the time where he gets drafted and actually training camp opens, there's going to be some veteran that's going to or somebody in the league that's going to say something dumb. I'm just waiting on the athlete mm-hmm. to say it. Yeah, um, it's going to be some yep. somebody to say something dumb. You know, I think one thing, and I don't know if it's from being macho, but one thing I've learned just from playing football myself and playing in college, you you know, you, you I play with gay guys. I mean, they didn't come out. You know, like I, I had a couple of teammates that came out. After we, you know, after we graduated, whatever, like that, you found out they were. But I mean, like you knew back then, you know what I'm saying? So, and it didn't matter because they could play, and I could care less what they chose to do outside of, you know, the locker room. As long as what they were doing on the field was was helping us win, that's all that matters. And they they were good guys, good teams. And another thing too, I think, you know, the, the homophobic aspect of it is that, you know, yeah, we're in a locker room, we walk around, we're in the shower together, all the stuff like that. 
but he's not looking for them. You know what I'm saying? He's not. He doesn't want to get. Or he don't want to jump on them or anything like that. He's attracted to who's attracted to him. He's not walking around mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, oh man, look at you know, look at this guy, look at that guy. I want to be, you know, I want to be with him." No, it's not like that. That's your teammate. That's your brother. You don't even view him in that sense. So, um, I think the media definitely, uh, you know, obviously, and I, and I understand why they they played this up because it's really. It's a big story, but it's not that big a story because the NFL is fooling, like FIFO said, the NFL is fooling themselves, or any major league, any major sport is fooling mm-hmm. themselves if they think that they don't have gay players in their league because they're lying. You know, for all I know, Peyton Manning might be gay. I could care less. He's still a great quarterback. If Peyton mm-hmm. Manning came out tomorrow, I mean, what are we supposed to say? Are we supposed to be mad at Peyton Manning? You know, right. I, I don't, and I don't know Peyton Manning to be gay. So just, you know, just. Just let me just go ahead and put I that out there before somebody says, yeah, "Oh, drunk Pay man, it was gay." You know, so I mean, and 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 for these, and 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 just understand too, as you move forward, it's going to be a lot of posturing because I heard you know some people say, "Oh, his draft status is going to fall." That's bullshit. I'm going to tell you why. If Johnny Manziel or Jadavion Clowney came out tomorrow and said they would get, you think their draft status would fall? No. Nope. I rest my case. Same the same thing applies. All you want is a ball player on your team. You know, and, and and I know that, you know, I was listening to somebody talk the other day, and they made a good point. They said a guy like, you know, you do have some old-school people and old-school front offices in the NFL and corporate America, whatever, you know, they have that mentality. They would rather have a guy like Riley Cooper, the, the, the wide receiver from the Eagles, you know, who spit out racial slurs, the N-word all over TV, than mm-hmm. somebody that's homosexual. And that's sad, but that's true. But in this case, man, we, we're, we're a more progressive society. Nobody cares. I mean, you know, what you do in your personal life, that's your personal life. I, I, I could care less. Just show up on Sundays, show up for practice, and get it done. Do you know does anybody... Job. I'm sorry, go ahead. What do you say, people? Just do your job. Do what you yeah, do. do your job. Do. That's it. Because there's do your in the workplace now. Well, everybody's going to meet somebody gay. More groupies for me. <laughs> I think it's, I, I really do. I, I think it's a great thing, man. Um, I think we just needed to, one, just go ahead and get it out the way. But I kind of dis- I, I, I slightly disagree with you, Kyle, about his draft status, his stock. I do mm-hmm. think it may take a slight hit. Um, but on the flip side, I, th- I, I think he may kind of still stay where he is, mainly because I don't think anybody would want to come across as being a uh, – uh, discriminatory towards him um, right. as a gay player, because then all of a sudden he's dropping and nobody want to take him. You know, then all of a sudden it, it looks bad on the NFL. So I, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of the fence there. But I, I want I, what it was just the, what you said kind of caused me to disagree with you because if Johnny Menzel came out and he was as gay, his draft status wouldn't drop because he's Johnny Menzel. Mm-hmm. Michael Sam is not Johnny Menzel. He's no, not. I, I, I understand that. I, my, my, I guess my point is, is that you know, here, here's where where I, I felt like people were off base and saying his status would his, his status would change. What if this never came out? What if he never said anything? You know, they said that some scouts already knew because they had talked to people in Missouri. Keep in mind that he told his teammates last August. 
They just didn't tell anybody. And, and I'm okay with that, too, because some, certain things you got to keep in your locker room. And he, did, he said he didn't tell his teammates not to say anything. So, you know, let's say that, this, that, that it's kind of safe to assume. You know, and I mean, and I know the NFL guys that they never came out, but I just assumed they were gay. Um, my point is, is that, no, he's not on the same level as Johnny Manziel, but I, I'm a little leery about people start talking about draft statuses before. I mean, we, ain't even, we, we haven't even made it to the combine yet. You know, let him right. let him, let him get to the combine, see what he can do, see what he tests out as, check him out at his pro day, and then go from there. I mean, you know, for all we know, his and, and you, we all know that every year there are certain teams that say, oh, well, I wouldn't take this guy, I wouldn't take this guy. That's bullshit. They, they say that so they don't want anybody else to take him. They said the same thing about Tebow when he went the first round. And nobody predicted Tebow going in the first round. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm, Hell <laughs> of a comparison point. between uh, Michael Sam and Tim Tebow. <laughs> the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. I am your host, Twelve Kyle, and this is Dead End Sports. I'm joined by my boys. You know, them from Dead End Hip Hop, Ken B and FIFO Mac. Give us a call six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um. I'm getting a lot of uh, good comments on Facebook and Twitter. We're going to read those in just a second as well. Um, and, and, and we mentioned earlier about his, his uh, draft status. Uh, I've heard that his draft status is, you know, somewhere between the fourth and fifth round. Does anybody see his anybody see his draft status going up or down? I, I'll start with you, FIFO. You, do you think his draft status is going to change or is it going to pretty much stay where it is? I think it's pretty much going to stay where it is. Um, you know, I, I was listening to... I'm not sure if it was NFL Live or the NFL Network, and uh, I think it was Tom McShay, so it had to be ESPN. But um, they were talking about how how loose his ankles are, and oh, oh no, who was it? It was a GM I was listening to. I can't remember who. But, yeah, they were just talking about how loose his ankles. So these people measure, like, real down to mm-hmm. the detail, how they compare other players and naturally athletic versus, you know, this, that. So... They pretty much know where he should go. Everybody's saying third to fifth round. He that's right. his range. So I think that's where he's gonna stay. Like I because I think that a a solid organization, you know what I'm saying, like the Belichicks and you know, you, you never know. Like they, they like those type of teams and I think if all they need is if all they need is a situational pass rusher, you know what mm-hmm. and then that's where you get him. And if he's the best one on the board, and you know that, you know, like, him being gay is, is, is not an issue with the organization. See, because, like, the Cleveland Browns can't, can't draft him. You know, like, mm-hmm. like, the owner just fired the damn GM again. Like, then you right. just hire him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Come on, come on, come on. You want to draft Sam? Hell no. Hell no. Right. Man, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know, the Jaguar, you know, like, like I don't know. You know, they just don't seem like the, the Dolphins. What, what they just went through, no. Like, they, there's certain teams that are already ruled out. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that three to five, man, I don't think, I don't think he's going to go any higher or no lower. Okay. What about you, Ken? Any higher or lower in his draft status? Well, I, I think for me is where where are they projecting him to fall? So are they saying he's falling from the fourth, fourth they're fifth? They're fourth. No, they're saying fifth fourth. Seventh? They're saying so, like fourth. So he's already projected I've heard to be a as high as three, as low as six. 
And then I saw one guy say he wouldn't get drafted at all, but I don't know who that guy was, so I'm not. Okay, well, yeah, let's let's toss him out. Okay, so <laughs> let's just let's just stay in the middle, right? So high three is high for him. I think most people are saying and everything that I've heard so far has been around the fourth. I've heard the fourth round less extended to the fifth round. So if it's in the fourth and if he's if he's selected if he's positioned to go between the fourth and the fifth round, I don't think his position will change. Now, if we're saying that he would drop below the fifth round into the sixth or seventh round, then that's an entirely different story. So you can say, you know, because at the end of the day, you're a fourth or a fifth rounder regardless of where you pick, right? Right. So for people to say his draft status will fall, nobody knows exactly the pure number he will be drafted anyway in the fourth or fifth round. Right. So at this point, all of these future projections that nobody knows it's kind of irrelevant because if he goes in the fourth and fifth round, he's going where everybody's already said he was going to go anyway. So, you know, they say that, of course, obviously to create some type of uh, story around it, but you got you got to give me something better than, you know, his number will fall. How about give me a round? If, he, if you start talking about he'll fall sixth or seventh round, I know a lot of teams that would love to get a player of his caliber. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you want to be exactly. silly enough to do that. But there may be some other sorry organizations like Cleveland. Like people said, Cleveland is bad. Don't go to Cleveland. You know, I, you know that's a poor choice. Mm. But a strong organization, if, they, if he falls into his lap, yeah, they would. They would. Man, that's a steal. So if I'm a GM, I, I, look, I won't let anybody else get him mm. as long as everything else measures mm. up physically. Right, right, right. right. You yeah, still have I, to be I, the I player, don't see it either. I think it's it's a, it's a lot of posturing and everything um, before the draft. And and notice that it, you you haven't heard any GM say, you know, these GMs that so called said that he would fall. They did it anonymously, you know. Uh, sources and all of this, you know, back talking stuff like that that nobody knows anything about. You know, come draft time, like I said, let him. Let him go to the combine. Let him test out. See what he measures at his pro day and things of that nature. But ultimately, like you do anything else, man, pop the tape in. Pop, pop the mm-hmm. tape in. You can't. You cannot tell me that you you win the defensive player of the year in the SEC. Like like B said, it's not the MAC. It's not the WAC. You know. Um, but uh, you know, and and I heard I, I I keep hearing the word distraction. Is it really a dis- do you think drafting him is a- B do you think drafting him is a distraction or is that and 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 I got to give I got to give credit to Chris Cluey uh he, the former punter for the uh, Minnesota Vikings he's a huge gay uh gay rights activist um he said teams are now using the word as a distraction to hide their you know bigotry and racism which I thought was big for him to say um do you think that it would be truly an and a distraction uh, like a media distraction? For like I mean, a, a distraction in a locker room. Oh, yeah, I think so, man. Just, just, just because, like I said, some of the few knuckleheads and the, and the, and the people that's kind of keeping their mouth closed right now ain't gonna tell them what they're gonna be saying inside the locker room that we that we don't hear. That's gonna cause some stir, some or some, you know, for the players not to be focused and to be distracted. So, yeah, I think it will be a distraction. Cause you still got some knuckleheads mm-hmm. out there that's gonna be like, man. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I don't know about this. I don't know about this or whatever. So, <laughs> I say yeah. I say yeah, man. I say it's still going. It's going to be a distraction, regardless. Mm-hmm. 
Who is farting? Mm-hmm. What's that noise? What is that's that noise? The, um, that, that's my phone vibrating. Oh, it's not like a, a farting duck or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you know my screen, right? You know my, my phone's oh. not good, man. Hey, tell them chicks you on the air, man. Yeah, man. Huh? Put it on rent or something. Put it on <laughs> tell them chicks you on the air. <laughs> the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. You're listening live to the best damn sports show on the Internet right now, man. It's the place for sports, the Peace Clyde. Mm-hmm. That's right, Dead End Sports. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Now, the other big issue that that came up this past weekend in college uh, college athletics uh, actually happened in college basketball. Uh, if you were hiding under a rock, um, a guard from Oklahoma State, uh, Marcus Smart was chasing down a, a basketball player from Texas Tech. Uh, he got well, he fouled the player and he kind of tumbled into the stands. And as he was sitting down in the stands, a fan. From Texas Tech, they were in uh, Lubbock, Texas during this game. Um, a fan said something to him. Uh, now, none of us know what the fan said, but Marcus Smart got up and shoved the fan. Uh, he didn't, you know, didn't swing on him, any, swing on him or anything like that, but he did shove the fan. Uh, he was subsequent. He wasn't thrown out of the game, which I thought was interesting. He wasn't thrown out of the game, but he did receive a technical foul and was subsequently punished by. Um, the Big 12, he is now serving a three-game suspension. Uh, he has apologized. Uh, the fan, um, I think his last name is Orr, He's, he apologized. He said that he did not say anything racial. Uh, Marcus Smart initially said that his that the fan uh, used the N-word. Um, so, mm. Ken, I'll start with you. Was was this, this three-game suspension too much, uh, not enough, or, or, or just enough? It's just enough. Um, I, I don't think he needs any any more than that. I think he he's learned his lesson. Like he said, he's going to grow from that. Uh, you know, there was just a lot of things going wrong for Marcus Smart, and he just lost his cool. He's a young guy. He's playing in college, and and we all know that that young guys, you know, are emotional and and sometimes overreact to things. I can speak from experience. You know, just doing stuff that you know at the moment you shouldn't do. Or sometimes your emotions just get the best of you, uh, and and you just react. It just it just happens. I think over time you learn how to control that. You know, I'm I'm less of a knucklehead now, but even sometimes I still do just react. You know, but you know, but I think three is enough. I think that he's embarrassed by the events that has happened and the 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 attention that it brought him and the possibility that it could affect his draft status because now people would view him as a hothead and now they don't want to take a risk on somebody that may pull around our test or you know uh, and, you know so nobody really wants to bring that to their organization they want class and they want somebody that can handle themselves like like men so um so i think i think three is good i think he's he's <laughs> i think he's going to pay enough just by all of the negative attention that he's receiving from from the incident itself no doubt, no doubt. How, and, and the second question, Ken, how, how would you have handled that? If, if you were Marcus Smart and, and in that game, in that moment, how do you think a 20-year-old Ken would have handled it? Oh, man. Uh, he would have done, done the same thing. I would have done the same thing. I will not sit here in front and say I, 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 would, I would be better. 
um, I more than likely would have done the same thing because I, I have a tendency to be an emotional guy. I don't lost what? It's my third loss, and and you know I'm going down here, and then I fall into the stands, and this guy want to sit and talk talk shit. So then I get in his face, which you know, which you know you can't. You're still wrong. You're still out of bounds. But you're already at that. You are already at that point. Like you're mad. He says something to you. You run up to him. You get face to face, and then you know he says something else, and then you just kind of snap. Yeah, man, I, I probably would have done the same thing. You know, I've I've, I've thrown chairs and kicked chairs. You know, points uh, <laughs> <laughs> for so I, I I can't lie. Okay, okay. What about you, Vifo? Uh, was the three-game suspension uh, too much, not enough, or just enough? I feel just right, um, mainly because, you know, no, like like you said, Kyle, nobody really knows exactly what he said, um, you know, but we're in Texas. We already kind of know, you know, what it is. I'm the star player. I've been struggling. I'm emotional, and you say some shit like that. Like, I, I feel him. You know, um, he was wrong. I think the fan was wrong, too. But, you know, I, I, I think that there's a line that 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 really isn't established between fan and player, regardless if it's like college or, or, or NBA. Um, and, and, and I think it's only but so much somebody can be professional. Because mm-hmm. I understand you're rooting for your team and you're trying to get in my head and this, that, and the third – but you're not out here playing ball. See, cause I, because most times when people on the court talk shit, you have an outlet because I'm coming back at you. But when you out here in these stands and you ain't doing shit and you ain't going through the shit I'm going through, hey, hey, you know what? Look, there's only but so much, you know, because and, and at the end of the day, you know, basketball is a very emotional game. You know, one game takes you through damn near every emotion, you know, or can take you through every emotion. So, Look, I, I, I think that the way he reacted is how most 18, 19-year-old kids in his position, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, could say, I could sit here and say that me as a person, you know, I probably wouldn't have done that. But at the same time, if I'm put exactly in Marcus Smart's position, if I walked his shoes, then shit, I can't say I wouldn't have done it too. Okay. You know? So, so a 20-year-old FIFO might have swung on him. I think a 20-year-old, nah, nah. And, and the reason why I say that is, is uh, mainly because my coach, he, he, he was real good. He was real influential in, in, in my basketball development. And um, he always taught, he always told me, you know what I'm saying, to, like you're the point guard. Like you cannot, you can't lose your cool. When you lose your cool, the whole team can't function. So I've always operated under that mindset, and um, I, 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 I wouldn't have lost my cool to that point. I'm not saying that if he said something that really caught my attention, I wouldn't have cussed him the fuck out, but I, I, I wouldn't put hands on it. I wouldn't put, because I know that I, I would be too valuable to my team's success, you know what I'm saying, to, 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 to get put out the game, or even longer. You know, I, I, I knew I couldn't do that, so I, I wouldn't have crossed that line. Uh, oh yeah, he he would have got it. He probably would have got it a little bit in Spanish too. So, no doubt, no doubt. What, what about you, B? Uh, was was it too much, enough, or, or or just enough right there with the three game suspension? Yeah, I mean, you know, he a college kid. I think three games is good enough. You know, he had some previous blow ups. You know, kicking the chair and you know, on the stands and stuff like that. So, 
I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad as I'm being a college student, they didn't make too much of an example, but they did show them, like, look, you can't be you can't be continuing acting this way and being all emotional. And it's funny they they not really they not really going into detail to what the guy said, you know, what the fan said. Because I mean, he he's been a long he's been a long time Texas Tech fan, so other coaches when they played against him always warned them about him. So okay, he's obviously he's obviously said some some major stuff, whether it was n words we don't know or, or anything else that was kind of like okay, whoa, that was crazy. I don't a twenty year old Brandon wouldn't have did nothing because I mean I I mean I, I don't get like that I'm not like Ken <laughs> I don't get black <laughs> I don't get black dynamite incredible hawkish you know you know on the court this is mean, an indictment on Ken tonight <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I, I don't get that crazy so I, I mean I probably especially and especially if my coach already warned me about him I'd probably be like okay yeah I'd probably give him like a little stare down or a look but like. To physically go out there and push him? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have did that. I mean, I would have. I would have. I would have kept my. I'd have been a lot more calm in that situation. Like, yeah, you would have. You know, like I'd, I'd be thinking like you're a little dick anyway. So whatever. Right. You know, my coach won't say about you. So, but yeah, I think three games is good. Nice little slap on the wrist. But I, I just hate that it's a young black man. You know, pushing. You know, pushing. Pushing someone in the stands is like, okay, here we go, run our test all over again. Right, right, right. That they was are, the first thing. They are, they, she was about to talk about. They already looking at us a certain way, so when I see it, when I see it, my first reaction is like, damn, come on, man, not again, like, come on. But you know, I'm well, just it wasn't glad not. Didn't. It wasn't just anyone. He he pushed an old white guy. That <laughs> makes it even worse. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, oh man, no, why? So I got to you know, I got to shout out my girl, my girl focus. Kelly, uh, on Twitter. She said, uh, she said that. Or decided that the fan, or he decided to remove himself for the rest of the season's games. Uh, she said he told Smart he was a piece of crap. That's what he said. He said piece of crap. Uh, obviously, you know, none of us got the audio. He said he didn't say the N word. Uh, Smart nor uh, nor anybody from his team or his head coach, um, you know, confirmed nor denied what was said after. I guess the press. I was very impressed with the press conference that that uh, Mark Smart had. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. and he took full responsibility. He sounded, you know, very contrite, and he, he even apologized to, you know, to, to the guy for shoving him. Um, that being said, you know, I, I we've all been at basketball games and 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 football games and heard people say stuff. Um, you gotta be, you you gotta rise above it. Now, I, I'll be honest; it's easy to walk away from somebody that is, you know, yelling something at you from thirty, forty feet away. But this guy was in his ear, so that makes it. That, and I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying. I mean, because Marcus Smart has to be cooler than he has to. He can't lose his cool. A 20 year old Kyle would have. I would have walked away. I, I would have. I, you know, I, I just. I, it's not in my like B says. For me, it's just not in my nature to be that violent and upset over something somebody said. Now, if he had put his hands on me, <laughs> no, right, that's a different story. That's a different story. You know, I'd have drug him up and down that damn court. But um. But other than that, you know, you calling me names or whatever like that. Even if he had dropped the N word, I, I think it, I, in that circumstance, I would have had enough to walk away. In the street, might have been a different story. Um, we got a phone. We got a uh, caller calling in right now. Let's jump to the phones. Uh, area code four zero four. You're on the air with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? Uh, what's going on, man? This is Naj, man, down here. In Naj, what's going on, brother? What's up, Naj? Oh, I ain't much, man. Uh, good conversation y'all got going, man. Just wanted to appreciate it, man. And my little piece. Yeah, uh, 
I, I think the biggest thing with this story is this is not the 80s or the 90s. The kids know that the NCAA is a sham. They know it's a cartel of free labor, and they don't have any, uh, any uh, you know, obstacles about it. So a kid like Marcus Smart, he goes out there, and he has that idea of, I came back here to play another year for free. Right. And uh, he, has a, he has a certain entitlement about him uh, by being out there this year, as you've seen by a couple of the blow-ups on some uh, old Ice Cube, this is the thanks I get kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that played into, uh, you know, that incident happening. Now, if you look at how it's been covered, the first thing people say is an athlete goes into the stands and pushes a fan. Well, if right. you know the actual story, you know he was already in the stands because in the he stand, right, right. And then the incident happened. But as far as what the guy said, I don't care if he used the N-word or anything else. Fans have gotten out of line as far as how they talk to athletes and what they oh, no feel doubt. like the price of the ticket allows them to say. So I, I'm good with him getting three games, but I also think there should have been something done to the fans. He should not be able to make his own consequences. So I, I was really disappointed in that. But if you look at J- uh, Jadavion Clowney, it was kind of the same type of thing. He knows the NCAA is free labor, so he played like it this year. But we all know right. what kind of player he is. And I think that's what's, what's going on with Marcus Smart, where he's just out there like, look, man, I came back and gave you people an extra year. Y'all treat me like this? So he, he, he's kind of got an attitude, but I don't know, man. And, I, and you know what, to add like, to that, Naj, I don't think it helps the fact that he's been struggling here recently. His shot, if you if you watch their, their team, and I, I've seen him play a couple of, I mean, the kid can play, but he's mm-hmm. been struggling pers- struggling personally, and then they've lost, the team has lost a few games. So, you know, you see yourself, and then, you st- you know, any player, anybody that's ever played, particularly basketball players, you start hearing the whispers. Oh, man, he, he came back for this. His stock is, you know, I've actually heard his stock was falling. And, I mean, which is, you know, crazy to me because, you know, but just like any anything else, if you can shoot, you can shoot. And the kid can shoot. He can play. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he just, he's just hit a, a, a drive spell. And I think, know you know, once NBA, he bounces man. back. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. What you say? Uh, people who talk about his stock is falling are people who don't know much about the NBA. There's only You're so right. much talent in the NBA, which is why it's only two rounds. So if you're an exceptional talent, you're going to be drafted at your slot, regardless of something silly like this. So that this right. changes nothing. Uh, you still got Jabari Parker and those boys in the draft, and Marcus Smart will go where he needs to go. But these these fans and what the you know what what fan is short for is fanatic. These fanatics exactly. have gotten out of hand, and these arenas need to start controlling some of these fans. No, you cannot yell something to a player that you wouldn't say to him face to face. Can you boo him? Can you tell him he sucks? Yes. But can you start getting personal and talking about his family and things like that? I, I was reading a story about people teasing Steve Kerr about his father being killed when he played in Arizona. Like he did, some of these yeah. fans, man, they, they, their behavior is disgusting and, and it needs mm. to be addressed. That's yeah, true. Crazy. And, and I don't know how you curb it because especially as you move further and further along with, uh, especially into the pros, I mean, you know, if I drive – I don't know, two grand on some court side seats. You know, I, you know, I'm gonna feel like I, I get a chance to say whatever I want. I'm, I'm paying. You know, like <laughs> they always say, I'm paying your salary, which in essence they are. But you know, but that's another misnomer. That's another misnomer because people will say, well, they have to have the dress code and all these other things because a certain group uh, buys the tickets. 
Well, if you look at any uh, CBA or any uh, negotiations for the last five years, you'll see that the television deals are more important than the actual ticket sales. So the fan at home, all those millions of fans, are actually more important. So the idea that if you buy a ticket, that gives you autonomy? No, exactly. no, no, no. If you, if you act inappropriately, you should be removed from the venue. And, and that's the true word right there is inappropriately. Because here's the thing. If I pay $5,000 for some damn courtside tickets, I have the right to talk shit to you. But I do not have the right to cross the line. Because it, exactly. it's something to talk shit. Like, why yeah. right. talk shit? You see what I'm saying? Right. And when you sometimes when you talk shit to the right one and he was struggling, he might just ball out. Just like, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a story with LeBron playing against in Toronto when he was going against Chris Bosh. And Chris Bosh's girl started talking shit to LeBron. And LeBron was talking right, to I remember that. And LeBron yeah. fucked them boys up. <laughs> and he was like, he kept, he kept looking at her and saying, like, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, and Jordan did remember that thing, too. You know what I'm saying? That's I what basketball players feed off of. Talk shit is yeah, fine. But, the, but, but because the arena's profit from this, more than likely they're not going to do anything. So this is going to have to be something to where the culture of fandom changes, to where other fans in the stands point at the guy, get the usher, and tell him what he's doing and get him out of there. I mean, that's what it's going to have to be. It's going to have to be. I mean, but you know what, not that that sounds good, but you you paid 250 for your ticket. I paid 250 for mine. I'm with my kid. I'm with my, my 11-year-old son. I don't want to hear you cussing. So the minute I go and go get the usher and tell him, yo, this guy behind me is cussing, I'm here with my son, now you want to fight me. You see, you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Some people don't even want to get. Some people don't want to go mm-hmm. that far to get involved with it because now I'm with my son. You've been drinking all day. You've been drinking since nine o'clock at the, you know, and tailgating and stuff like that. Now I gotta fight you. <laughs> One of us going right, to jail. Well, One of us getting that's kicked out of the game. One of us going said, to jail. That's why I said we. That's why I said we. It has to be a we oh, issue, no doubt. not no a doubt. me issue. So it can't be one guy saying. This guy is out of hand. It has to be a whole section like, yo, this dude is getting out of hand over here. I mean, just curse words and things like that, that's going to happen at a game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that should be eliminated. I'm talking about personal attacks, things yeah. you wouldn't say to another person one-on-one somewhere. Exactly. Definitely, definitely, definitely. You got anything else for us tonight, Uh, As far as uh, Michael Sams, the football player, Okay. I don't see this being a. I don't see this being a problem uh, with most of the players. There'll be a few who don't like it, but for the most part, I don't think people care as long as the kid can play. But the media, on the other hand, those thirsty people, they will be looking for a quote all season and trying to bait players into saying something. Of course, of course, of course. You know how it goes, and and you know, especially this time of year because it's a slow part of the news cycle. Slow part of the mm-hmm. news cycle. Right. Well, so as always, man, we definitely appreciate you calling in, man. <laughs> my bad. I'm sorry, what'd you say? What was that? No, no I was just I saying, we definitely appreciate you calling in. All right, man. All right, man, take it easy. Yeah. Phone number Naj call 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. Um... I mentioned also in the intro, uh, you know, we got let's switch over to basketball right now. NBA, uh, we're coming. This is the last couple of games we got leading into the All Star break. All Star weekend is this weekend. Um, you know, it, it used to be <laughs> it used to be a really really big thing. All Star weekend. I mean, it still is. Don't get me wrong. Um, you have different events going on. You got the celebrity game. You got the rookies. 
uh, versus the sophomores. Um, and then, obviously, the three-point shootout, slam dunk competition, skills challenge, uh, things of that nature. Um, Ken, what are you most looking forward to with the All-Star Weekend this weekend? Um, actually, nothing. Um, I have no <laughs> desire or interest in the All-Star game at all, man. A lot of the stars are spectators, and they're not participating. I grew up in an era where, you know, yep. where the, the, the B and C rated basketball players were spectating. And the mm-hmm. stars were stars. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's all the way around from the three-point contest to, the, the, of course, the slam dunk. That's a given. But even the, even even the games, man, even the All Star game itself had had extra competition to it, you know. So because these these guys, man, they wanted to win, they, and they wanted to win everything. Like when you're the best and you want to be the best and you're very yeah, competitive, yeah. you're not gonna sit yeah. around and just watch somebody else play, uh, do a dunk right. contest or a three point contest or you know just the All Star game become more of a show. Than, than actual winning and proving that your conference is, is better than the other conference. You know, when you're competitive and you're a winner, man, you want bragging rights all the way around. You know, and that's just the way it go, man. So, no, nah, I don't I don't care about the All-Star game, and I have no desire to watch any of it. Ken, when's the last time you watched an All-Star game? Because All-Star, I, look, now, mind you, through, most of the time through three, three and a half quarters, you know, it, it is a pickup game, but towards the end, especially if they're within, you know, 15 points or so, like, they make pushes, dog, and they play hard. And certain players, I enjoy the All-Star game because toward the end, you when they start to play harder, you see the separation even amongst the greatest of the greats, you know what I'm saying, the league right now. Because LeBron's done it a couple times, Kobe's done it a couple times, where in the last, <clears> you know, seven Seven minutes of the game, they just separate, dog. Like, and it's so amazing to watch because you know on their team, honestly, I feel like a lot of times they're watered down because they have to do so much that star players a lot of times have to take bad shots because a bad shot for a superstar is better than a, a decent shot for your second or third guy. Sometimes, you know Good what I'm saying? So. When your second or third guy you already know is an all-star, that, like they probably carry their team too, and you can separate yourself even beyond. That's crazy to me. So I feel you. I don't think throughout the game is as competitive as it was back in the eighties and nineties. I give you that. But yo, but it, but, but I think it's still a spectacle. And this year, I think that 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 the three-point shooting contest has stars. You have some of the best three-point shooters out there. You have the previous champion. You have Kevin Love that, that, that that's uh, done it before. You have Damian Lillard that, for the first time, first player to compete in every single All-Star event. And I like him, and he's going to win the three-point contest. You got uh, Kyrie. You know what I'm saying, man? You got stars. In the dunk contest, I give you that. But, you know, the dunk contest has been watered down. I 100% agree. LeBron with his little personal ass, slam dunk contest, active practice. He should do it at least one time. I still think he should be the oldest player to ever win it because he's going to be the youngest player to do everything else. So I'm like, damn, you should just be the oldest player to win a dunk contest. That'll be dope. Okay, okay. That man, that, you, you you hit on some great points. I definitely want to come back to LeBron. Um, wh- what about you, B? Anything in particular you're looking forward to this weekend in the All-Star game? Uh, no, not really. I mean, 
No, I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like Ken. It's like, yeah, you know, All-Star Weekend, I'm going to still check it out, but I'm not like, I'm not like excited like how I used to be. Like, oh, man, All-Star Weekend, da 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 and stuff like that. I mean, I'm going to still watch it. Yeah, of course, I'm going to still watch it and everything, but I'm not like, I'm not excited. If they was a cancel All Star Weekend, I wouldn't be sad. <laughs> like if this is sad, <laughs> the last minute, I wouldn't be sad. But you know, I'ma still watch it and just see, you know. And so if it's some fuck, you know, some effed up shit going on again, I'ma talk shit. If the dunk contest was whack, right. I'ma talk shit. You know what I'm saying? If three point contest was whack, I'ma talk shit or whatever. So you know, I don't really care too much for that little skills competition and the, and, the, and the other one where the WNBA ladies and the men be playing together, whatever the road. Shooting stars, I don't care too much. Yeah, shooting that. stars. You know, uh, you know, it's it's what it is. I mean, you know, I, you know, it's, I miss, I'm like Kim, man. I miss when players, you know, as far as the three point contest and the dunk contest, when players were serious about it. Like Larry Bird used to be warming up, talking about, all right, who gonna who gonna be in second place? Like players were serious about three point competition and dunk contest. You had, right. you know, the. the the best dunkers dunking in the game, and they they was like, look, I'm gonna prove that I'm the best dunker in the game. I don't care if, mm-hmm. if, they, if you if you say I'm the best, I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm gonna go out there and show you why I'm the best dunker in the game. Well, I'm gonna show you why I'm the why I'm the best NBA shooter, three point shooter in the game. And this is like, you know, they don't have they don't have that no more, man. This is I just kind of missed it, and I kind of wish they had kind of put some kind of incentive for the All Star game itself, like how they do the MLB All Star game. I wish they kind of put, like, some kind of incentive, like, you know, West, you know, whoever wins this game, you know, have home court advantage on uh, something. I don't know. I don't know what to make right. of it. But I would like to see them put some kind of incentive on um, on an all-star game itself. And then to be honest with you, for the dunk contest, they even bring these little rucker, these rucker uh, street ballers. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, if you YouTube some of these street ballers, YouTube some man. of these videos, they dunk that they do. I'm like, dude, the hell with that. Forget Paul George and them. Take them out. I want to see, give me six, and just figure, just think about this. This is you get street, uh, about five street dudes, five or six street dudes, and say, hey, whoever wins this contest will win $50,000. You know what $50,000 is to them, opposed to a, you know, Damian Lillard or a Stephen Curry or something mm-hmm. like that to go out there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if, you, if you take some five random dudes, you know, it's free, not random, but it's five, you know, record dudes to go out there and, and play for some money. And, man, they'd be like, 50 Gs to win this dunk contest? Man, we're going to be seeing stuff that we ain't going to never see ever in life, man. Like, what? That's what they should do. If I was a commissioner, I'd be like, hey, yo, bring the street ballers in. And have them little sign like a little thing saying, hey, you know, if you get hurt by this, by this but guess what? You win first place, you win these 50 Gs. So, you know, do something, man. I don't know. It's just. I'm not excited, but I'm gonna still watch it, man. You know, it is what it is. I, I think, man, you you guys touched on some great points, man. Because I and I feel the exact way you feel. I'm not. I miss the excitement of why. And and I don't know if it's because you know we're older, but we just came up in an era, man, where the All Star Saturday was better than like the All Star game was an afterthought. Game you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yep. Yep. the only yep. question about the All Star game was was who's gonna win the MVP. And depending on where it was, you know, guys tried to get other guys. You know, if it was in their host city, they were trying to get that guy the MVP or whatever. Or the year Magic came back, everybody wanted him to win. And the year they played in Chicago, everybody tried to get Jordan to win the MVP. But other than that, but All-Star Saturday was much better than the actual All-Star the game. game. Yep. Um, yep. The one game that I can remember, and I can't remember what year it was. You guys going to know exactly what I'm talking about, the year. Um, I think the East was down by, they were down by like 20-something points, man. 
and they put Iverson and Marbury in the game. And Iverson and Marbury brought mm-hmm. the East back. And that, um, yep. and that and, and that would that game was, you know, probably as competitive as a game as I've seen because much like B said, you know, they were down twenty in like some midway through the third quarter, something like that. And then it, then it was just like everybody just had this look like, okay, hey, let's start playing. And then everybody just started playing. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Damian Lillard because he's playing, he's participating in, in all uh, five events. I don't know how well he'll do. Um, because the slam dunk competition is the last one, depending on how deep he goes into the three-point shootout, his leg may be done. Um, And I I tweeted this out when we talked about it a little bit on Twitter. Uh, As far as the slam dunk competition, if I had to put money on it, I want to see what John Wall's going to do. I think John Wall's got a little chip on his shoulder. Um, I don't necessarily know, (laughs) like B said, unless we bring in these, you know, Rucker Park or these and one mixtape guys, I don't know that we're necessarily going to see a dunk that we haven't seen. Um, got into a huge debate today based on the, the picture that was posted right here on the Dead End Sports website, on the, excuse me, Dead End Sports uh, Twitter Twitter page, uh, as far as the best dunkers, and we're going to touch on that in a second. Um, but, um, you know, I'm not, I'm going to watch, but my, my expectations of, as far as, you know, being entertained, is it's more like it's just on. I mean, if you watch a dunk contest and a guy takes, you know, he's, it takes him six attempts to throw down one dunk, you know, it just takes away from it. Now, I will commend guys like Paul George for getting into it, um, but FIFO made a good point about LeBron. You know, it, everybody saw the little video he did or whatever. Um, so I'll start there with you, Ken. Why do you think LeBron has avoided the dunk contest? I have absolutely no idea why. I, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, especially when he was young. When he was younger, he could have easily jumped in and, and, and knocked it out a couple of times and been done. And now he could sit back and say, and, and, and just watch the dunk contest. The guy has nothing to lose. He would easily win. Look, LeBron could go in and do power dunks each round and, and will win because people just... Love to see him. Love to see him dunk. I don't know why he refuses to get in the dunk contest. It, it does. I mean, let me tell you something. When I saw him throwing the ball off the wall, <laughs> catching it and dunking it, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, are you freaking shitting me? Like, look, look at the raw skill, athleticism, and talent that he has to just even do. How many players you know could do something like that? I don't know, man. That kind of fled, not a lot. And it, he made it look easy. Like he, he on, so to me that shows try. he has creativity. Yeah, on the first try. I said on the first try, on one try. Yep. Right. I mean, come on, man. So creativity-wise, I think he's creative. I think so. He'll bring some creative dunks to the competition, mm-hmm. and his pure uh, just athleticism and and raw talent, man. It, it, it'll be crazy to do the things he did. I would love to see right now, in this day and age, a Blake Griffin and LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins shootout. That dunk contest, that's all I want to see. And I guarantee we're not going to show see for it. the ages. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. But we're not going to see that. I mean, you know, those days are past us, I, I, I don't get it, man. I, I don't know why he, he won't get in the contest. I, I have no reason. I think now it's too late. I don't think it's too late for him. I think he can get in it right now. I think he he can do it. Like people say, he could be the oldest player to ever win a dunk contest. 
if he ever decides to get in it. But I don't know, man. I have no answers for you. The weirdest thing ever. Punk ass. What's your take on it, man? Why, why, why has LeBron avoided this slam dunk competition, man? You know, honestly, man, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I'm baffled as well, man. Just like Ken, I thought, you know, early on he was gonna do it. Then I held out. Then he told Cheryl Miller that next yep. year, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Right. You yep. know, um, um, you know, it was bad, so it motivated me to bring, bring him out. Then you didn't bring nothing out and. You do it on your own time now, you know, and it's kind of like, that's cool. Like, you know, it's cool. It's only it's only really cool because there's social media. And even before ESPN knew about it, like, you had it. If you like LeBron, you're a LeBron fan, then you, then you knew what he could, like, that's the cool part about it. But at, at the same time, I think that that's the reason why All-Star Weekend as as a whole has lost its luster is because of the dunk contest because the dunk contest kind of fueled the whole all-star weekend you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it, it, it it was the dessert before the dinner you know what i'm saying right. like it was there always the most exciting piece and it's like you know ever since, i i think kind of lebron kind of kind of killed that tradition because kobe did it you know a lot of big names did it and Col- and lebron was like the first one really kind of not to not, not to do it, man, and I, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, because because he should have a memorable dunk contest. Because there's a lot of players that have memorable dunk contests that probably even shouldn't, but like LeBron should. You know, with everything you see him do, how easy it is. Like, come on, man. Like, like, like B said, like on the first try, and this shit is spectacular. Because ain't nobody catching the ball like two feet away from the backboard. You know what I'm saying? Like from the furthest edge and like three feet down by a damn foot and just just yamming it. Come on. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a six nine two sixty dude. And then did you see how he looked? Like, man, come on, who's look, man, I play ball and I'm not scared, but I'm not standing in front of that man coming at me. I'm just not. <laughs> you ain't no fool. Definitely, man. I, I think um and much like like Ken said, man, I think I think he's scared. I think he, you know, and, and it's it's so mind boggling because, like you said, Kobe was in it. Um, you know, uh, Jordan obviously, Dominique. You know, guys of that elk as far as you know, some of the biggest stars, Larry Nance, Dr. J. Um, you know, even Sean Kemp back in the day. I mean, like the stars of the stars. I mean, yeah, you had your every now and then you had your Terrence Stansberrys and guys, but even those guys could could you know throw down some 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 great dunks. I mean, you take a guy that wasn't even a star like Desmond Mason, he threw down some great dunks in the uh, slam dunk competition that he won. Yeah, he won. Um, yeah. yeah. That being said, I mean, you you have to you got to at least try. I, I don't think at this point he wants to try because. There's nothing in it in his mind. There's nothing in it for him to win to gain. But I will say this much: he made it worse by saying, "I'm going to get in the dunk contest." If he had never said yep. anything, I don't think he would get the half the backlash that he's getting. But when you make the announcement on national TV, you know that you're going to get in the dunk contest next year, and then you pull out, and you know, and so I've heard people say, "Well, LeBron is an in-game dunker. He's not really a dunk contest type of guy." Um, we don't know. We don't know. He's never participated, so we we don't know what he could do in a, in a dunk contest. I mean, 
the man part he did he did the uh, all American high school dunk contest in there. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and I think he, he, he won, did didn't he? Did he win? Yeah, he won. Yeah, he won. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, his his winning dunk was like the between the legs joint, tomahawk. So you know, it's not like he can't. It's not like he can't dunk. And he was you know 17, 18 at the time. So. My thing is this. I think he, you know, unlike in years past. Now, I will say, I will say, if you want to make the I got the surefire way, and I don't know that, and shout out to my man, Naj, who called in, he mentioned in the chat room, he said, we're not going to see any dunks that we haven't seen. That may be true, but I will say this. If you make the dunk contest, if you make the winning prize a million dollars, Instead of fifty thousand dollars, and and I know which you know what some people may be thinking. Oh, Kyle, uh, you know what's a million dollars to LeBron? Trust me, a million dollars to get in the dunk contest, you would have all kind of stars lining up because it's 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 a lot. I mean, think about it. The dunk contest I think pays fifty thousand dollars now. When Jordan won in '88, it was only fifteen thousand dollars. Relatively right. speaking, that's not a that's not a lot of money difference between the time that has passed. So, you know, with all these corporate sponsors, put it up at a million. Doctor, you put it up at a million, you have all kind of guys want to get into it. And, you know, you have more rounds and you have more time. And, you know, you wouldn't just have just four guys or five guys or six guys. You know, dunk contests, traditionally, you know, you had two or three rounds. You know, you might have started out with like ten guys. So, you know, there's different ways that you can revamp it. I don't get as excited, you know, each year. I, I, I come into it with just very little enthusiasm. Um, mm-hmm. I will say I'm, I'm a little more enthusiastic this year based on who's who's dunking than I have been in previous years. But, you know, I'm not going to get my hopes up because every time I get my hopes up, uh, something bad happens. Uh, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646 646- Four seven eight zero three five six. Now speaking on the slam dunk competition, um, who do you think is going to win this year? B, who do you think is going to win the slam dunk competition this year? Uh, I, I guess I'm gonna go with the easy pick and just say Paul George. Okay, okay, okay. What about you, people? Who, who do you think will win this year? I think Terrence Ross got it. I think, uh, right. to me, he's the most explosive leaper out of the bunch, so I, I, I think mm-hmm. he's going to do it again. Don't sleep on John Wall, though. No, no, John Wall. John Wall explosive. Yeah, he is. What about yeah. you, Ken? Uh, who do you think is going to win it? Okay, so who's all in it, in it again? <laughs> <laughs> Paul George, you got John Wall. Terrence Ross is defending his title, and I miss Damian Lillard, uh, and I think there's one and more. And the rookie, the rookie uh, from Sacramento, uh, Ben McLemore. Yeah, the rookie, uh, Ben McLemore. Yeah. I forgot he was even in the league. Yeah. Out of Kansas. Uh, yeah, I, I mm. Uh, Terrence Ross, I, I guess. He, he's a, uh, Yeah, I go with Terrence Ross. I guess he won it last year, so... Um, yeah, I mean, none of those really is, excite me, man. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Terrence Ross. I mean, he could, he could dunk his ass off, so, uh, yeah, I'll go with him. Okay, he dunked, okay. He dunked on somebody uh, this year, man. Uh, uh, Fareed, he caught Fareed. Uh, yeah, Fareed, he caught Fareed. Posted. Posted. Oh, my oh, God. Man. He took <laughs> off, like, from the dots. 
<laughs> he caught for Reed on the way down. It was nasty. It was yeah, nasty. So. I don't think I don't think Reed was anticipating that. Um, yeah, I, like like I said earlier, I'm gonna go with Wall. Um, I think Wall Wall's got a little chip on his shoulder. He uh, you know felt like he should have made the All Star game, and um, you know so we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, phone number to call hey. in six four six. Four seven eight zero three five six. Um, I don't. I don't. Now mean, I don't mean it. I don't go ahead, mean go ahead, to drift off. I don't mean to drift off right But what y'all think about LeBron naming his four Mount Rushmore NBA's, saying that um, it was Magic, Bird, Jordan, and then Oscar Robinson. He was saying if, if they if they don't want those three to be replaced, they need to add a fifth, a fifth, because he want to be like the top four, you know, greatest player of all. He, he want to at least be the top four easily once it's all said and done. And he said, like, Bird, Magic. Jordan. Well, he said those were the easy ones that he picked the third one, and the fourth one was Oscar Robinson. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised he didn't name a center. He didn't throw a center in there. Yeah, especially with Kareem and yeah. Bill Russell. Yeah, I'm surprised, he, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't throw a center in there. Yeah, yeah, like for your sport. The, the Mount Rushmore, like, yeah, I'm surprised none of them wasn't mentioned or whatever. But I guess he's but, going by the players he saw, maybe. I, you know, I don't know. Well, no, he didn't see Oscar Robinson. But he's probably doing that based on him having triple-double holes. Which, that's um, yeah, what happened. Damn. Yeah. What, what do you think? And we, I think we saw, we sent out a tweet earlier. Um, what do you think, since you brought it up, B, what do you think it would take for LeBron to get into that stratosphere as far as the top four players of all time? Um, either... Either I would say win more championships or his numbers. Like, he has to be, like, top three in, like, points, rebounds, steals, blocks, and assists. Like, if he's, like, top three in each of those categories, yeah, you, it ain't no denying. Like, yeah, yeah, yep, what is it, points? Yeah, if he's top three in points, top three in assists, top three in rebounds, and top three in steals and blocks, I mean, like, all time, like, you know, blocks and all that stuff, points, yeah, he got to be in that. He gotta be mentioned, even if even if he don't win no more titles. If he win two, okay. go out with two on top, you know, with two championships or whatever, and those numbers are like that. At the end of the day, uh, yeah, you you gotta put him up in there, just off those numbers alone. What about you, Kim? What what do you think it's gonna take for LeBron to get into the the top four in that stratosphere and to, to be mentioned with got with the likes of Jordan and Bird and Magic? I'm glad you brought this up, B, because that's why I, I, I sent that tweet out because I thought it was interesting that he put that out there, and mm-hmm. um, and I thought it was something that we we should talk about um, on the show. So I'm glad you brought it up because I forgot. Um, I do like the fact that LeBron has has set his bar high. Yep. Um, that means that that he's starting to take. Again, we have to see it on the court, but he's starting to take his career a little bit more serious yep. now. And that he's now working on his legacy mm-hmm. and what he's looking to leave behind. Number four all time in the NBA. That that's that's, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. But if there's anybody in the NBA right now that could do it, it's him. And it's I'll him. even go as far to say, I think Kevin Durant could be up there with him too. Because okay. he's he's right on LeBron. Le, LeBron has a problem. And his name is Kevin Durant. But that's Kevin good, though. Durant no doubt. Is that's coming. good. That's we need that. I mean, you. I think sometimes when you have a player like that, that caliber kind of on your ass, it makes you play better. 
I mean, yeah, look, and look, I look, think what, look what it did for Magic and Bird. You know what I'm saying? It, mm-hmm. it, it, it elevate their game. So if, if if LeBron sees Durant, and Durant said it, he's tired of being the second best player in the league. You know, so mm-hmm. you know if that if that can start, I can see LeBron taking his like you said, taking his game, his career a lot more serious, man. It's, it's, it, it, I mean, I think it's good. I, I, but I you know what in the in the media eyes and you know in other fans eyes. LeBron gonna have to win more championships, just flat out. People are gonna say that. Right. They're gonna say, "Oh, he's gonna have to win two or three more, or whatever, whatever." But like I said, if his numbers speak, if his numbers do what I said they're gonna do, there's no way you can't put him in there, man. Top three in all those categories—that's like unheard of. You know what, B? I, I could win an argument, and I'll, I'll let you go real quick uh, in a second, people. I can win an argument with 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 that, B. The problem is, I can only win that argument with guys like us. You know, right, right, against right, the regular right. general populace, Brother, it'd be hard to win, win that without the rings. Yep. But he got two, though. I mean, this, this man got two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jordan says the bar, man. It's six. Go ahead, people. Got, he, he, all right, B. For, 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 first of all, top three in everything, he's not. His stats don't project him to be top three in every statistical category. And I disagree there. I think that if he's top 15 in, like, rebounds and blocks, but if he's top 10 in all the other categories, I think he's top 5, top 4 with that, top 10 in every, like, all the major categories. You're talking about steals, steals, blocks, points, blocks, assists. God damn. Top 10? (laughs) So you already know points and assists, he's going to get close. You know what I'm saying? Um, the other ones, you know, blocks. and I, I just think if he's top 15, because he's a small forward, man. He averages, like, uh, barely a block a, a game. You know, so yeah. a block a game is not going to get you top three. You know, he has to play, like, 25 years. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, I would just I have think, to say we're speaking. I feel you. I feel you. But I also yeah. agree, though, with the rings, though. The rings, I, I, I think he needs to at least get five or six, man. Um, to be the best, like because LeBron is the only guy, let's be honest, to really scratch the throne of MJ as a basketball player. Now, as an icon, nobody will ever touch MJ, and that's why I think MJ should probably probably be the logo of the NBA. But it, it, it's dicey because he's his own brand, you know. But mm-hmm. right. MJ was the best. Most dominant. I mean, he was, just, he, was on, he was on another planet, man. He was on another planet. He was. MJ was on another planet. <laughs> he was. And there was a lot of great players he denied championships. Yep. All the right. same players. And, you know, like sure LeBron, I, and, 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 I, and I'm glad y'all brought up Kevin Durant, too, because you're everybody's 100% right. That boy LeBron is great. He can't guard Kevin Durant, man. He cannot guard this guy. And you are right, too, Ken. Durant is the only other player in this era of basketball right now that can be placed at a top three all-time greatest. I think LeBron and KD can can get there, but, you know, they're going to stand in each other's way. And I think that part of what the NBA failed to capitalize on is rivalry. We need Mm -hmm. to build up. Like, like it was a Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson rivalry. For a decade, for 10 years. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, it, it, it was great for basketball. And even, you know, the bad boy Pistons and the, and the Bulls versus everybody. You know, yeah. but we never yep. really built them up. And I think that we have to build these up now. Because New York-Miami has been a rivalry. 
You know what I'm saying? Of course, New York is not that good now, but now we got to build up Miami, Indiana. Like, we need to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, they just need to be better at marketing their rivalries. And, and you know, LeBron, I think he's going to be up there. I think KD could be up there, too. Because both of them, you cannot stop those two guys right there. You, you, there's nothing you can do to stop them. They're both going to impose their will exactly how they want to. The only person thing that can beat them is themselves. Dang, man, that's the four-mile So, more. you know that's, what, that's... I, want, I want to jump back to something Ken said. Ken, you said LeBron is defining his legacy. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. Let's say, let's say Indiana knocks uh, Miami off this year. And LeBron decides, we all know he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Let's say LeBron decides he wants to go. I don't know. Let's say he wants to go to the Clippers. Let's say he goes to L.A. to play for the Clippers. And let's say he wins two more titles with the Clippers. Is his legacy somewhat tarnished because he's, you know, only winning when he goes someplace to tear up with somebody as opposed to saying, you know what, I'm going to stay here in Miami. This is my team. I'm going to ride it out. No, because this okay. is a new age of, of basketball, man. We're in the, the free agency era. You know, back then, that's what players did. Max just stayed where he did. Carmelo stayed where, where he was. You know, uh, Bird stayed. They stayed. The times were just different. But now, you know, you can't really stay around. And let's, let's be fair to LeBron. He stayed seven years in Cleveland. What LeBron right. is doing is he's just going to organizations that invest into the team and into winning. Cleveland didn't do that when he was there, and Cleveland is showing again that they're just a poor organization because they're failing mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving. Yeah. So yeah. now people are looking at Cleveland yeah. like, well, you guys are the problem. It wasn't LeBron. So now all of a sudden people are looking at LeBron like, damn, bro, you know what? You're right. You're right to leave. So – for him to leave Miami, now you have to look at what are the reasons why he's leaving Miami. We already know they're in a, fi- in a financial uh, a bind with all the players that they have, so money yeah, could be force him to leave. Three. And Dwayne Wade's health could force him to leave. And so you go to Clippers, and the Clippers have obviously invested into their franchise. They don't want to be known as, as a losing organization anymore about the moves that they have made, so mm-hmm. why not? Why not go play in L.A.? And, and, and you're doing okay. it by going to the Clippers and not the Lakers. So now you can kind of create, you know, this whole thing, in, in, you know, in, in L.A. as a Clipper. So, no, man, no, 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 no. I think okay. what LeBron's yeah, I, I legacy wanted to get your will take on be. Because I, I thought you made a great point as far as his legacy. But that's always been the you – know, I mean, don't get me wrong. You got some people that just – I mean, most people, nobody – you can't find one sports fan that will co-sign on the decision. His decision to leave was fine. Um, but the manner in which he did it wasn't cool. But I think you have a lot, and I hate to use the word haters, you have a lot of distractors that say, detractors, excuse me, that say, uh, you know, they, they have a problem with the fact that he, quote-unquote, teamed up with guys. And if he leaves Miami, he's teaming up with guys. You know, if he goes, let's say he went to New York to team up with Carmelo, or if he went to, you know, God forbid, if he was able to go to Oklahoma City and team up with Durant, you know, um, you know that that they have a problem with that, but here again, what you just said kind of makes sense because well, it actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, that's today's free agency. Jordan, Barkley, Bird—they didn't—they weren't afforded those opportunities. Uh, you know, actually, their 
the sweat equity that they put into the NBA actually allowed players to be in a position where they could use free agency to move around and, and that type of thing. Well, you, you the know the other though. thing that I have. Wait, wait, just real quick, FIFO. The problem that I have with people talking about him teaming up with other players is the fact that Boston did it first. Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen did it first. And people want to give them a pass because they were at the tail end of their career. But come on, man. It's not like they were the originators of this shit. Mm-hmm. They, he just followed what the other veterans did. So I, I'm not buying that that whole teaming up thing, man. And why not, shit? Boston Boston tried to team up with Akeem Olajuwon and try to get a ring. Yeah. He did, yeah. People, people forget that. And, people, and I was going to bring up Charles because when he competed for a championship, it was with Phoenix. That he left Philly. Right. Right, that's what I'm saying. saying. Like, it's so, still different things, right? Exactly. I, th- I think Ken is a hundred, and look, this is probably the most I will ever agree with Ken on any topic <laughs> ever right here. Exactly what he said because he took the words right out of my mouth. It is the the new era of the NBA, and it's it, the reason why is because you know there, there's always a player of every generation that changes rules. Like we have Larry Bird right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you play three years with a particular team, they have the right to sign you for more money and exceed the cap. Now you have a Derrick Rose rule. And the Derrick Rose rule is if you produce early, you get a contract extension early. You know what I'm saying? So we, we're we in that era where players want the freedom to choose and the teams want to be able to lock their players down. Mm-hmm. So there's always something that, you know, caveats, into in, into the into the program to to make sure that teams that draft talent can keep their talent. You see what I'm saying? But once you become a veteran and you're smart like LeBron has, because to me, if I was in the NBA and I was one of the best players ever, I mean, my options need to be open. I'm signing nothing but two plus one or three plus one deals. You know right. what I'm saying? Because. I need to make sure that I'm putting the pressure on the organization to know if you don't get this shit right, I'm out of here. That's pressure. And and, and, and Ken, again, is 100% right that Cleveland, I've been said it. When people, when, when LeBron was there and they were winning 60-some games, I was like, yo, LeBron is great as hell, but Cleveland sucks. I said it. The organization. You have when you have a player, especially that great, that early on a rookie contract. You need to start bringing in talent that he can grow with. You you got to start doing that within the first two three years. You, like for the for the biggest time, Wally Zerbiak was their highest paid player. Right, Wally Zerbiak. <laughs> oh, oh man, and then like 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 the trade that I never understood that never happened was I don't understand why Cleveland didn't trade for Amari, Amari Stoudemire. They instead traded for Antoine Jameson. Talking about LeBron yep. play with stress for. No, you need to get talent. Talent wins. Talent mm-hmm. wins. And, and, and this whole triplet thing and teaming up, it was just done different in the old days. In the old days, most teams drafted one or two guys and then got a third guy via free agency. Chicago did it. Chicago drafted MJ and Pippen. And they always had a third guy. They drafted Horace Grant, but then they got Rodman. You know what I'm saying? They always had they a third Kukoc. guy. Well, they drafted Kukoc. They got Kukoc. They drafted Kukoc. They, they, just, they just were a great organization. You look at San Antonio. They always had three guys. Whether mm-hmm. they draft them, one or two. It's always 
that's why basketball, I love it because it's just really putting pieces to the puzzle. And, 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 and the pieces and history tells you that once you have more talent, you win because the Bulls dominated an era where people only had one superstar. It was typically one big man and a whole bunch of role players. The Bulls had two. They had LeBron and, 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 and Dwayne Wade back then. That's what they had. And no other team had two guys like that. A lot of teams had one guy like that. But barely any team had two guys like that. So That's that true. was a problem. And then the NJ was other warden, too, on top of that. Like, he was just beats and bounds ahead. Like, it, 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 it's just interesting when people actually go back and really do the history and look at how teams were really constructed. That's true. And like you said, free agency plays a huge part in it. And, and who knows if if those guys were afforded the same opportunities as LeBron's and the, and the Carmelo's of the world, uh, who's to say that, that, that Barkley wouldn't have, you know, left Phoenix to go play for, I mean, you know, go play for the Knicks or, or somebody who he thought he could team up with, you know, to get out of the West or, or to, to, to beat Jordan? Or who's, who's to say that Ewing wouldn't have gone someplace else? You know, if if given the opportunity, maybe Ewing would have gone and played for L.A. To, you know, play with Magic, and and maybe he would have gotten a shot at, at Jordan um, instead of getting knocked out of the you know Eastern Conference Finals against uh, the Bulls. So, you know, it remains to be seen. I think, like you said, free agency changed a whole lot. Um, I just I think it's it's really really interesting that that and I like I said I don't know if it's just because people don't like LeBron or what it is, but. That's always been the knock. Well, he teamed up with these guys. I mean, and and the, the conventional wisdom is they think that LeBron should have guys come play with him, but he did that in, in Cleveland. And like you said, for seven years, and look where it got him. I mean, he took Eric Gibson, he took Eric Snow and Booby Gibson to the finals. I mean, you can't go to the finals with, with Booby Gibson. Come on, man. And, and and then you know another thing too. It's like there, there's another side of that, and that's called Kevin Garnett. Because there's mm. such a thing as being too loyal and not winning. Like, if Yo, we won, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Okay, then I'll be loyal to you. But if we haven't won, like, I understand Dirk not leaving Dallas. I understand. I won the championship, man, and I was the main piece. And guess what? I can still hoop, and I'm going to hoop till I'm old, and I have a billionaire owner that is, is thoroughly invested into us winning. So yep. we're going to win. We're going to continue to win, you know? Um, but, look. Look, we can't fault these guys for leaving. We we have to fault these organizations for building better teams for their superstars. That's what mm-hmm. it is. Thanks. That's what it's going to come and, down to. And also, people speaking of Minnesota, look at Kevin Love's situation. He 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 yep. he's uh, he's he's uh, came out and said, I think last year, like he's sick of not being in the playoffs. He he don't like yep. sitting back and watching his you know other you know uh, other basketball players and friends that he build relationship with playing in the playoffs and he's sitting at home watching. He said he he's ready, he's ready, he he told he's ready for organization to start making some moves or whatever or I think he gonna he gonna be out. You know what I'm saying? He, he ain't I, gonna he ain't gonna he ain't gonna end up like Kevin Garnett and trying to be loyal and all that stuff. He's nah, gonna, he, Kevin Love will be nah. gone. He, he's bouncing. You talking about a guy that's putting up like 40, 40 point games, 20, 20 rebound games? What that's the what I'm fuck? And y'all that's losing? What I'm and y'all losing to him and we lose? That shit. You know what? And I just I just thought of something. Uh, the question just popped up in my head. You know, just touching back on on uh, uh, on Kevin Durant before we move on to the next question. Um, and Ken, you threw it out there. Do you think LeBron and I know that those guys are best of friends, they hang out, they party together, all this stuff like that, they train together. Do you think that LeBron sees 
do you think he's finally seeing what we see Kevin Durant as, and that's a threat to his throne? Or do you think LeBron doesn't see anybody as a threat to his throne? Oh, he, he, he sees it, man. <laughs> this is the most I've ever heard LeBron. This is the most vocal I've ever heard him since he came into the league when it comes to looking at his peers. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and he definitely, like him openly commenting about, you know, the things that Kevin Durant is doing and, you know, the shots he gets and all this other stuff. Like, he's taking notice. And what LeBron does is that he watches other teams play when he's not playing. So he's right. paying attention to everything that's going on in the league. So he's dialed in, and I, and um, but yeah, man, I, I think he does. I think he sees uh, he sees definitely as Kevin Durant as a threat, man. But um, why wouldn't he? I, I would, and especially after what the hell after what they did to him a couple of weeks ago, they beat the shit out of out of the Heat. Yo, so man. yeah, man. So um, so yeah, he, he sees him as a threat, as probably his only threat in the NBA. Okay. Yep. Yep. Because yo, that game that they played a couple weeks ago, yo, LeBron cannot guard K. KD was pulling up for thirty-five. KD was giving the shake and bake. KD gave him the step back, half spin, uh, 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 jumper. He gave him the the, the dirt and the visc. Yo, he pulled out the repertoire, and LeBron couldn't do nothing. Not anymore. Nothing. <laughs> I've never. Yo, I have. Look, I always say the only players that can get by LeBron are creative ball handlers like a Chris Paul. Where, where, mm-hmm. where they're herky-jerky and they can get LeBron off of his feet, then they can beat him that way. That's the right. only type of player that can beat LeBron. But, yo, he could not do nothing with Durant. If, if OKC makes it to the – I'm going to tell you, Durant's going to average like 40-something like all LeBron. Like LeBron's not going to do nothing. LeBron, LeBron look. I think LeBron can pretty much shut down or slow down every single NBA player in the league except for Kevin Durant, and nobody can. Nobody can. I think I think the level where Kevin Durant is right now offensively, he's like he's just like MJ, but different. Different in the way that they attack. You know, MJ had a lot more back-to-the-basket game than, than KD, but, yo, you can't stop this guy. It, it, he shoots like 18 shots and scores 40 points. You can't stop this guy, man. Do you think Durant keeps this up once Westbrook gets back? Because I think Westbrook is scheduled to come back it. right after the All-Star break, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. just getting ready to ask that. I, you know, I, I was telling Ken a couple weeks ago, I said, I think this is the best thing to happen for KD and for Russell Westbrook. Because here's the thing. With with Russell Westbrook, because when he first came back, let, let's give Russell Westbrook some props. He was balling and he was creating plays as a point guard, not just you know I'm super athletic, you can't guard me. He was actually making a lot of point guard plays, and he, and he looked more poised. Now that he's seeing yo KD could really go for sixty, and look at how right. they're guarding him. They're double and triple two. They can't do shit with him. Now you put me. I just let him get off like that. And if I'm the second option off of that, because look at Ibaka's numbers. Ibaka has been a real compliment to KD yeah. during his little stretch. You look at his numbers, he's increased as well because because KD's finding him. But now if KD's finding Russell, and then now everything's open for Russell, shit, it's the easy pass or dunk now. 
I, I think that this is really good for them. I think that they can coexist, and I and I hope that Russell takes even a bigger step back and just let KD do what he does because nobody can stop him, and nobody can stop you athletically. So putting that together, man, that that's yo. I think I think they're coming out the west. Hey, FIFO, you made you made some you made some great points on that. But my question mm-hmm. is. Is Russell Westbrook gonna be mature enough to step back? I, I yeah. still think. I don't know, man. I was I still, thinking the same I mean, thing. B. Like said, people, people, people. I completely agree with you. You made perfect. I agree points. totally. I am not gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna argue those points. My question is, is he's is he's gonna do that? Do is he seeing the same things that you just mentioned? You know what I'm saying? Like, is he mature enough to be like, okay, I I, I have to be the second option. I have arguably the best, or not, you know, the second best player in the NBA right now. That that can like you said that can go off for fifty or sixty. I need to I need to step back and and, and kind of you know take that ride. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I, I still got a feeling we gonna still see the see, same the same see, here, here, in the playoffs. Here, I here, feel here's it. the thing. I I feel like this. I feel like Westbrook from the moment he's been back in the games that he has played, he has take, taken a step back. I felt like it was more KD's team than Westbrook, but Westbrook was a point guard. And to me, as a point guard, and when you're a damn good point guard, it's always kind of your team because you got to run shit. But it, it, it always felt like it was it was KD's squad. You know what I'm saying? And when he got hurt, I think that now it's gonna take it's gonna when he gets back, he's gonna have to take even another step back because you don't want to mess with Kevin Durant slow. You're the one that has to mm-hmm. work back in. So I think right. just naturally by him coming back, he's gonna take a, a, a bigger step back already. Because because it like why am I gonna come out here and take my first game back twenty five shots? Because there was a lot of games that he I hasn't taken as many shots as Durant this year when they played together. So I just think because of the injury, the timing of him coming back is gonna force him to take a, a bigger step back because of how Durant's playing, and then once he finds his mojo, once they click on 100 or all eight cylinders, I think it's going to be a problem. Let's see, man. I, you know, I hope you're right. Uh, yeah, if you're right, yeah, they, they're going to be a problem. I'm just curious to see how Westbrook's going to respond to this. Yeah, because uh, Westbrook, Westbrook he could be just chomping at the bit just to show, and, and that's the thing, you know, how mature is he? Is he going to let, you know, Durant cook? Or is he going to come in saying, let me show the world that I still got it, that, that Russell right, Westbrook right. hadn't lost a step. Let me show you I can still put up 30, and Durant can put up his 20, you know, like that. So it, it remains to be seen, but they, they're going to be tough. They're, they're going to be tough. The West, man, I think is, and we mentioned it, we're going to definitely get into more NBA playoff talk as, as we come down the stretch, uh, definitely after the All-Star break as well. Um, but uh, the West is is. It's, it's going to be a battle. I think I think we can all say that Miami and, and Indiana, Indiana should coast the yeah. Eastern Conference to the Eastern Conference Finals yeah. uh, with nobody, you know, legitimately standing in either team's way, bar, you know, barring a, a major injury to anybody on any either of these teams. Uh, the phone number you list, excuse me, the phone number call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You are listening live to Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. We got B, we got Ken, we got FIFO. You know him from Dead End Hip Hop. And I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Um, hit us up, uh, 646-478-0356. Got about a little less than 30 minutes left in the show. Hit us up. Um, next question I have for you guys. Uh, since we were talking NBA, uh, as far as the All-Star game, we already know who's in there. 
who do you think will win the All-Star MVP? I mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes when the game was in a guy's hometown or, or things of that nature, or if a guy was hot uh, or on a roll, they would really try to feed the guy. You know, nobody's really out there trying to, to do it themselves. Um, so I'll start first with you, Fifo. For this year, uh, I know it's in, in New Orleans. Um, you know, do they go after – do they try to feed Anthony Davis? I don't know. Uh, who, who do you think wins the uh, All-Star MVP this year? I think uh, – I don't think Anthony Davis is playing. I think they, they, they need to get a, a replacement for him, but I'm not sure. Okay, okay. But, he's uh, playing. I, he's playing. Oh, he's, he's playing? playing. He's, he's, taking, he's, okay. he's taking Kobe Bryant. He's taking Kobe Bryant. Stop. Okay, that's what it is. Okay. I, knew, I knew he was in for somebody. Yeah. Yeah, he in. Right, he in there. Alright, um, I think, honestly, I think it's just going to be KD. I think, um, like I was just talking, I think KD, I, I just think he has a chip on his shoulder. I think that he's playing with a type of freedom that you rarely see. And I think that, again, in a game like this, in them last closing minutes, he's going to separate himself, man. And, you know, I've seen it with USA basketball. At times, Durant was the best player on on, on the team, you know, and I, and I think you're just going to see it again in the All-Star game, I think, when it comes down to it. And, and just the way, like, how he's been, I wouldn't be surprised, man. He he, he busts some All-Star game scoring records, so I, like, real talk, just because that's the type of season he's having. I, I, just, I just think he wants to make his mark. I think last year him saying, you know, he's tired of being second. I, hey, hey, he's playing like it. He's playing like it. What about you, uh, uh, Kim? Who do you think is going to be the uh, MVP this year? Uh, Kevin Durant. Um, you know, he, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, man. And um, and he, he's out to prove himself in, in all facets of the game. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, think, I think we may end up with a Kevin Durant versus LeBron all-star game. Um, thinking about this, I could see them two going head-to-head depending on how LeBron takes the challenge because Kobe tried to go out. <laughs> and and you, know what, you, know how they, you know what happened to that. Yeah, yeah, LeBron kind of walked away from that one, so it, it didn't go well for LeBron. But um, but I think Kevin Durant is different. I think LeBron, being the two-time champion, uh, feels that he's better than Kevin Durant, and I think he, he won't allow Kevin Durant to come in and just – and just take the lead from him because that's kind of kind of what he's doing, you know. So, um, so yeah, I got KD. Okay, okay. What about you, B? Who, who are you going with the MVP of the All Star Game? I'm gonna go different, and I'm gonna say Stephen Curry. He's gonna pop like about okay. 10, 11 threes, and he's gonna have like about <laughs> he's gonna have like fifteen assists, and he's gonna knock down like about ten or eleven threes. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, go real different. I'm gonna go with Carmelo. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Carmelo, man. He, he he's struggling. Uh, well, he's not struggling, but obviously the Knicks are struggling. And um, I think one of the things that will probably benefit Carmelo is the fact that you know when he catches a pass or he passes the ball, he's passing somebody who can score, as opposed to passing the ball to Raymond Felton or passing the ball to Barnyani or wherever that guy's name is. Um, so yeah, I'm going Mello. I, I wouldn't put any money on it, but I think Mello, especially if he gets <laughs> if he gets hot early, I could see you know LeBron feeding Mello, and I could see I could see Mello and 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 Kevin Durant going at it. I, I really don't see LeBron trying to outscore Durant. I could see LeBron probably you know trying to get his assist, uh, or, or maybe possibly going for a triple double or something like that. Um, but yeah, I would definitely um, I, I, if I had to put money on it, I would put money on Mello. 
you know, he, he's going to shoot. We we do know that. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're listening to, to Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, make sure that you hit us up. Hit us up on our website, deadendsports.com. Make sure that you follow the show on Twitter at Dead End Sports. Hit us up on Facebook as well, facebook.com backslash Dead End Sports. Uh, also follow us individually. Uh, follow uh, B uh, at BZ430, B-E-E-Z-Y 430. Or you can follow FIFO at FIFO, F-E-E-F-O 247. Or you can follow Ken at K-B-I-N-G-E. You can follow me at 12Kyle, the number one, two, K-Y-L-E. Um, next question I have for you guys, I want to jump into the NFL real quick. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, uh, future Hall of Fame tight end, uh, was speaking to ESPN, the magazine, and he made some comments that raised some eyebrows about his uh, soon-to-be, or well, current and former raised quarterback. Raising his Huh? Raising eyebrows with me. I said, raising <laughs> eyebrows with me. But go ahead. But go ahead. <laughs> um, and I'll start first with you, B. Tony Gonzalez said that Matt Ryan was not an elite quarterback. Um, was he quote unquote wrong to say that, B? No, he wasn't wrong. He was. I would have gave him a high five. Like, yeah, yeah. I know you're right, brother. He ain't no elite quarterback. I mean. I guess people say it raises eyebrows because okay, he played with him, you know, the previous what five seasons or whatever. Right. So, I mean, I can see why it raised eyebrows, but I mean, I guess for me, I don't, I don't know if I'm speaking for Ken and people. It was kind of like, duh. It was kind of like, uh, duh, dude. Of course. I mean, you played next to him, and I'm pretty sure you've seen other what other quarterbacks can do. No, he's not elite. It's only like what. Four, I can probably name that's the elite. That's the elite QB in the league, and, that, and Matt Ryan is not one of them. No doubt, no doubt. What, what about you, FIFO? Uh, was was Gonzalez wrong to say that Matt Ryan is an elite? You know, I think um, in 2014 we live in a society that appreciates honesty, and you know we're a progressive society, and I think that 2014 is is the year of just. You know, no politics, no bullshit, man. Just come out there and say what the fuck you want to say, just like I do. You know what I'm saying? Be free. <laughs> Exercise your right to say how, you know, to express yourself. And and, and, and Tony Gonzalez was 100% right. You know, I think that it, – and, and, I, and I heard him, how he broke it down. Like, there's only four elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Then you have the second tier, and he's like, he's in that second tier. But, mm-hmm. you know, with more hard work, like, he's right there. And, and what I say is, is that you need a hundred million dollar quarterback to compete. You don't necessarily need an elite quarterback to win, right? You know, is Russell Wilson like super elite? No, he's efficient. You know, he he does what the coach needs him to do. You know, this is the game plan. All right, coach, I got you. You know, but um, you know, so no, I don't think he was wrong at all. Correct assessment. Okay. Okay. What about you, Ken? Was was Tony Gonzalez wrong to say that his boy, Matty Ice, Matthew Edward Ryan, was <laughs> he's not elite? What was he supposed to do, lie? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, and so, and I think that's that's what we really have to uh, to look at when we think about this man. Like like people said. You know, we we are progressive, and we are in a new age where we just 
we're, we're being honest and, and we're putting it out there. And you know what? If I'm Matt Ryan, I'm taking that as a personal challenge and I'm going to go out here and, 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 and try to prove that I do belong with the rest of the quarterbacks. But, um, no, he's not an elite quarterback, and he proved it last year, you know, with what happened. You look at what what Peyton, uh, Tom Brady did with nothing, and then you look at what happened with, with Matt Ryan. You know, if Matt Ryan was in New England, he, he probably would have stunk up the joint there too. So, you know, you look at what, what Aaron Rodgers has been able to do with mm-hmm. with guys that became, you know, players – and stars for him, but they weren't always there. But Matt Ryan needs his weapons. He can't win with anybody on the field, and he's proven that. There were other issues in Atlanta, true, but Matt Ryan has failed in big games. He failed mm-hmm. last, not last year, but the year before, and then he failed a lot of times last year when he just made the wrong plays. So, nah, man, and he, he directly caused the loss against San Francisco, fumbling the ball and then throwing interceptions you right. know, in the second half and then throwing a hot, then missing uh, Tony Gonzalez in the end zone and just throwing the ball looking for a call, man. So, nah, he, he's not there yet, man. And and um, and I think, uh, just like people said, we were progressive side, and I think we need to embrace it and uh, and move forward, man. Let's, call, let's start calling these people out, man. <laughs> I'm going to be the eyeball. <laughs> and before before I uh, before I comment on, let me preface my comments by saying yes, I'm a Falcons fan. Um, he was not wrong in his assessment. Uh, no, Matthew Edward Ryan, and I refuse to call him Matty Ice. Matthew Edward Ryan is not an elite quarterback. The elite quarterbacks in this league: Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. You know, despite what y'all think about him, Peyton Manning. Uh, Drew Brees, oh, I agree. Aaron Rodgers. Um, I agree. Yeah, then there's yeah. a slight fall off from there. I wouldn't necessarily call these quarterbacks elite, but the next crop of quarterbacks would be uh, Eli, Roethlisberger, um, you know, guys in that Flacco. Ryan might be somewhere in there. He might. I. I, I think I would probably put Ryan in the top ten. Romo, you know, for as much as I don't like him, bro, yeah, I think Romo's a top ten guy, uh, maybe nine or ten. Um, that being said, but those aren't elite quarterbacks. Like like B said, you got your four elite, and then there's there's a little drop off. Um, you know, even Eli, who I think many people would have called elite, you know, took a step back this year based on his performance. Um, that being said, I think uh, I, I think Gonzalez. After reading the quotes and then hearing how they were said, and he kind of backpedaled a little bit, his second set of quotes I understood a little bit better. Um, you know, but the first set of quotes, he kind of he came off as if he was pissed off. And I don't know that he's necessarily pissed off at Matt Ryan. Uh, there's been speculation and reports that Gonzalez wanted to be traded at the trade deadline. The Falcons didn't pull the trigger. And thus, you know, he's kind of digging in at the Falcons, you know, Right now, the Falcons still hold his rights because he he signed a two-year deal, but he's retiring this year. Uh, he said he would even possibly come back if the Falcons were contending, and at nine and two, he'd come back for the last couple of games of the season, um, <laughs> which I think is bullshit. I mean, you know, you, you can't do that. To me, my thing is if you if you're gonna play, play. You're not just gonna join us just because we're winning. 
Um, and, and, and if that's the case, go chase the Super Bowl ring. You know, there are plenty of guys that hang around and they try to go to contenders and they try to chase. And, and somebody like Tony Gonzalez, who is, who is arguably, like I said, one of the best tight ends to ever play the game, deservedly so. He should get a ring. But, you know, when you say Matt Ryan is, a, is an elite, you know, what are you comparing him to? Are you comparing him to today's quarterbacks? Or are you comparing him to the quarterbacks that you play with? Guys like Elvis Gerback and, you know, Trent Dilfer and those guys. You know, I'd be, is that who you, you're comparing him to? Um, that being said, I will agree with, with Kenneth Fifo. Yeah, you should, you know, speak your mind. But I think as a teammate, and this is somebody that he calls a friend, I think it was probably bad timing. I think he probably could have not said it. You know, and, and and if he had, you know, if the question was posed to him and he said, if they said, hey, name your elite quarterbacks, you know, and then you say the top four that we all just named, and then that's it, and then the interviewer realizes that you didn't mention Matt Ryan, then that's one thing. But to say, well, no, he's not elite. He, you know, you, it's almost like he, I mean, the the initial comments made it sound as if he was calling Matt Ryan a bum. <laughs> and he's not a bum. I mean, he he's not an elite quarterback though, and. In the second set of comments that he had, you know, he said, like like B said, you know, he's, he's he's getting there. He's got a little bit more to go. You know, I think he's got a lot to go. I think he's got a long way to go. Well, I don't want to say a long way. He's got a substantial way to go before he becomes an elite quarterback. And I, even if even a guy like Flacco, who won the Super Bowl last year, or excuse me, the year before last, uh, you know, he still has a ways to go. I don't think, you know, you can't get into that stratosphere where you – when you start talking about elite quarterbacks, you're talking about guys who just can literally carry a team and they're consistent week in and week out. Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, you know, Tom Brady, you know what those guys are going to bring every Sunday, every single Sunday. And, you know, it was unfortunately for Manning that he just didn't bring it, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, but, you know, that's another story for another day. But, like I said, I don't think he was he was not wrong in what he said. He He was dead on. He's not an elite quarterback. I just think he could have said it a little better, and you know, since that's supposed to be his friend. Now, if they're not friends, or they're not the friends that he make them out to be, then you know, it is what it is. Phone number to call in: area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um, quick uh, baseball question: uh, A Rod lost in the midst of the. The, the the shoving incident with Marcus Smart and and uh, and Michael Michael Sam coming out. Uh, a Rod dropped his lawsuit against Major League Baseball, uh, so he has basically, in essence, accepted his punishment. Uh, he is going to sit out for the you know for the uh, upcoming season for the 2014 season. Uh, 162 games plus any playoff games that the Yankees will be in. Now he's still under contract for the next couple of years. Um, do you think? And I'll start with you first, Ken. Do you think that A. Rod will ever play again? If so, where? Yeah, he'll he'll play. Um, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> now he's still uh, money I, by the Yankees. I think he'll play again. Um, gosh, man, that, you know what? Now I don't I don't know because his skills deteriorated so bad. Like over the last two years, who would want him plus the the trouble that he brings? But uh, I'll I'll say yes. I think he'll play again. Where I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe the Yankees will keep him because they have to. Okay. What about you, FIFO? 
I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, you, I, I, I really don't. Uh, I know he's under contract, but like Ken said, man, he has deteriorated um, to the point where it's like, is it worth even, you know, keeping him? Like, yeah. right. Yeah, I, I don't know. So you, you think I, I, they I could, think so. they could still have him on the books and just tell him to kick rocks? Yeah. Yeah, okay. essentially, you know, forcing them to retire. You know, I don't know how baseball is. I, like, can you buy a player out? Like basketball? Um, the way their contracts are set up, I mean, if if you don't want a guy on your team, then you just, you know, they don't necessarily have to buy him out. They just tell him, hey, we, we you, you know, we, we're going to cut you. We're going to cut you, but we're going to pay you. Mm. And so, in essence, he's still, you know, the, the direct deposit still hits on Tuesday. You know, he's just yep. not coming to the ballpark. Well then, yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, you need me to be around, bro. <laughs> what about you, B? Uh, yeah, what do you think A Rod ends up? I, I, nowhere. I don't think he's gonna play, you know, again. And I like, I think he. I was gonna say that. I think they, you know, the Yankees are gonna be like, yo, just kick rock, dude. I'll let you later. I think he's. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a Yankees fan, man. I, I'm not. I'm done with A Rod, man. I, I, I think you know he he served his purpose. Um, you know he's he's here, he's there, he's you now he's gone. So um, I I could see a Rod in maybe Miami with the Marlins or, or some small market team that maybe wants to bring him in, kind of like for a sideshow or whatever, just to bring in tickets because he's still you know people love him or hate him, people still want to see him play. I think um, or would like to see what was left of him. Um, so I think I think that could possibly some place like the Marlins. Mm-hmm. Who you know struggling to get ticket sales and things of that nature? I could see that happening. Uh, the phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. We're gonna go ahead and wrap up tonight's show. Uh, but before we wrap up tonight's show, we're gonna do something we did early in early stages of the show called the closing statements. Uh, everybody on the panel here is gonna get a few minutes to speak on anything they want to speak on. Uh, so I will turn it over to FIFO first. FIFO, what's your closing statement? Man, I had a feeling you were going to come to me first. <laughs> you're, not, you're not ready? What are you going to talk about? Okay, B, no, you go. go no, no, you know I got it, man. You know me. I, I talk about anything and everything. Um, I want to talk about what the hell the Houston Texans are going to do. Um, you okay. know, the, the, the NFL draft is, is upcoming. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting draft. Um, you know, a lot of players that could be good to maybe great. I think it all depends on where they land. And, um, you know, the, 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 the NFL has really transitioned themselves to becoming a year-round topic of conversation. And I have to give them credit. Their business model is impeccable. Um, they kind of force-feed it down your throat. And the beauty about it is it's, you know, you, you can't stop them. They just keep getting bigger and bigger and more powerful. And um, I like I like the state of the overall NFL, but there's just some organizations need to get it together. And, um, yeah, I'm trying out you, Cleveland. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ken? What's, what's your closing statement? Um, closing statement, let's see. Let's talk about the NBA for for a quick minute. Um, 
you know, we're about to enter the All-Star game. And we, after that, of course, we begin the second half of the season. And and um, I'm really curious to see what teams uh, take it up a notch, man. You know, Miami is kind of just haphazardly went through the first, you know, half of the season. They've had roster issues here and there. And, you know, they've been inconsistent. They've been losing to sorry teams, beating all the good ones, which I guess matters. But, you know, you're still losing the sorry teams that you shouldn't lose to. So you're still the Miami Heat. <laughs> but uh, so far, you know, uh, um, so, yeah, so we'll see what happens in the second half of the season. Will Indiana turn it up a notch? Will Miami turn it up a notch and, and you know, go after Indiana? And uh, will KD and Westbrook get along when they come back? Because like B said, Westbrook is a knucklehead. So he's going to come in and he may just kill everything. So can they play together? And if not, then everything that Kevin Durant and OKC has done right now will just be totally out the window because I think they are playing the best basketball right now in the NBA. And if there was, if they were in the finals right now, they would win. Okay. Okay. Quick, quick second. I'll turn you know, it over to you, B. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, before I, before I start, Ken, did you see the Indiana and Blazers game, Trailblazers game, a couple nights ago? Uh, No, nah, no, nah, I didn't see that one. That that, that 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 same game was close. And my point, I was trying to tell you, I was telling you when the season started this year, Indiana last year would have lost that game to the Trailblazers. Right. It was a close game, and it came down to some crucial defensive possessions. And the Indiana this year, they pulled it out and beat a good team, a good Trailblazers team. Like I said, uh, Indiana last year, Indiana last year would have lost that game without a doubt. They would have lost that game, and that that's the little, that's the small the small difference I'm seeing. But, um, Port- my- Portland's Portland's struggling right now, so you know they're one and one. They're not getting Portland at their finest. They're still a good team. Still a good team. But um, I want to you know just like Ken, I want to stay in the NBA. What the hell is going on with Philadelphia, man? Seventy uh, Sixers getting blown out two games in a row by the average of forty four points. I mean, I was wow. watching the uh, when they played the Clippers over that Sunday. And when I saw the score, I couldn't believe my eyes. I think the score was like 71 to like 30 at halftime. I was like, what the hell is going on? And then, you know, they lost by 40. It was like 78 to 123. Then they played Golden State. And I'm watching the game. I'm like, man, the NBA cannot be this terrible to allow these this team to lose 40 points in a row. I mean, no defense was being played. It was like, where was the fundamentals? I was just, and this is kind of some of the reasons why I kind of, be so cleansed to college basketball sometimes. It's just like, man, them dudes play defense. They give it 150%. And it's just like, you don't see nothing with 76. They're like, they just checking out just so early, man. And it's just like, I don't know if these young players can't handle this long season or if it's just overwhelming for them. So it's just like, 76ers, man, get it together. I know whoever 76ers fans listening, I know y'all hating it right now, man. I know y'all hating seeing this bash. I think it's like the worst I think it's almost the second time in NBA history that a team got blown out 40 plus, 40 plus points two consecutive games in a row. EOB, That's like crazy. I, I I think Philly's loving it, man. I think they want that number one pick, dog. Yeah, <laughs> man. But, man, but it's something. That was just awful. That was awful basketball. Yeah, you from, should never play like that. Never, never yeah, play like that. From a professional standpoint, man. But, yeah, that's my, that's my closing statement. All right, my closing statement, man, I got to take it to Tallahassee, man, T-Town, uh, home of the national champions, uh, the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, a couple of days ago, uh, Heisman Trophy winner, quarterback Jameis Winston said he plans to play two more seasons. Uh, memo to Jameis, 
What the hell are you talking about? Man, you're not playing two more seasons. Do what you can do. If you have to pull a Jadavion Clowney, just stay healthy. Listen, young man, you got one more season at Florida State. Keep your nose clean. You will be the number one draft pick in the NFL. Forget all of that talking about coming back for two years. The the purpose in going to college is to put yourself in a better situation than you was the day that you walked in. That's what your athletic ability will do for you. Get your grades. Get your schoolwork done. Graduate. Use the university for everything that you can. But Jameis Winston, don't even think about coming back for two years, man. One more year, one and done. We'll see you in the NFL. I want to thank everybody for tuning in as you do each and every Wednesday, excuse me, Tuesday night. Remember, this show is being broadcast live right here at Dead End Sports. Remember, if you miss any parts of the show, check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash Dead End Sports. You can also check us out on Stitcher. Just download the application to your phone. It's free, Stitcher application. If you have an Android or iPhone, uh, search Dead End Sports and listen at your leisure. That's going to do it for this week. So for my boys, Dead End Hip Hop, Ken, B, and FIFO, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We're going to holler at you guys next week. Peace. Zippy doo baby. Zippy doo Zippy doo <laughs>